Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yo, I'm comfortable talking to Mark Alford. He don't make me feel like I gotta kneel at a dark altar. His colleagues are cool, things are jolly and smooth. Anything else, it'll be part stupid and part awkward. Gail is an entrepreneur and motivational speaker who owns three motorcycle dealerships, jumps horses, and has a longtime boyfriend also named Gail. I know it's confusing. I got comfortable with Gail at her dealership in Grandview, Missouri to talk motorcycles, mentoring, and Mount Rushmore. Well, Gail, it's good to be here at Gail's Harley-Davidson, where every day is an excuse to have fun. <laughs> every day is an excuse to have fun. Where'd you come up with that line? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Golly, it was, um, how long ago was that? 25 years ago when 25? I was five thinking about it. You're only 25 years old. What are you um, talking about? Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. But, um, so I started, I... I use that line a lot and then when i bought the dealership i thought ah oh, i got to use that as my tagline so so you use that just in life or what yes really yes i did i don't use it in life anymore because then it anymore now that it's a tagline it would seem weird because <laughs> life isn't fun anymore yeah no, you know. <laughs> yeah no because i well, feel like i'm always so what's your new line what do you say now Oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a. Well, really you need a, to come up with one. I do, <laughs> but well, I use so many fabulous words. Fantastic, yeah. fabulous. How did you get to be so positive? That has just been in me. From where though? From birth. I've just always been. You came out positive. I did. I'm here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Your poor mom. I know. That's so funny. You got a great really family, true. though. I'm honored to know them. Thank you. I almost feel like part of the family, like the oh, little well, we feel like you're part of the family. Um, your parents started the motorcycle dealership originally, right? Yes. Tell me about that. Um, okay, so they bought Belton Harley Davidson and Gun Shop in 19. 19- gun Shop. Yes. <laughs> you can buy a motorcycle and a gun. Yes. Yes. So you walk into this place. It was in Belton. It was a very small little dealership in Belton. Yeah. And you could walk into it. When you walked into it, there was a glass case full of guns and knives. Uh-huh. And then there was, uh, on the walls, there were animal skins everywhere. Stuffed, big stuffed exotic animals. Like a taxidermy animals, shop? Kind, kind of. of. Yeah. The guy that used to own the dealership, Belton Harley-Davidson, was uh, um, like a big game hunter. Hmm. And so, what year was this? In the 70s? 77. Wow. Yeah. And then did he also sell Harleys? Yes, Belton Harley, Davidson, okay. and Gun Shop. And then your dad, what was his interest in Harleys? Dad. Because he was a mechanic originally, wasn't he, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yes, he was. He owned a body shop. And he retired. He sold his body shop, retired, mm-hmm. made his money, and decided to stay home. And he was 40 years old. And it didn't take long before mom said, go do something. You're driving me up the wall. You got to go do something. So he went out to find something to do. He uh, started uh, you know, a couple of adventures 
with uh, some friends. Am I? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like um, like classic car type things. Okay. But um, it was hard. He decided he didn't want to be a partner. You know, you start things up with you guys. Oh, man, wow. let's do this. It kind of runs in the family. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> so he, he decided that he wanted to go off on his own and do something on his own because that's what he's always done. And so he started um, Harley Davidson dealership. But back then, Harley wasn't what it was now. It didn't have a good reputation. No, it, it really didn't. It was, you know, um, they overproduced and they didn't pay attention to quality. The value wasn't there for the bike. Right. It was really right after Dad bought the dealership when Harley-Davidson went from AMF to Harley-Davidson Motor Company. And not long after that, Reagan imposed the uh, tariffs on right. the metric bikes coming out of Japan which increased the competition for Harleys, right? Yes, well, it decreased the competition. Yeah, it increased yeah. the ability for right. Harley-Davidson to sell. Yeah. That had to be sweet. Yeah, that was that was really nice. And they needed to do that because the import dealerships were just flooding the import dealerships, I'm sorry, the import manufacturers. Suzuki, were, Yamaha, Honda. Correct, yes. They were flooding the United States with motorcycles, hundreds of Hundreds of thousands yeah. of motorcycles were coming in, and they were cheap, 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 because they were just overproducing them in Japan and sending them over here. So Reagan had to do something, so he put a tariff on them. And the tariff was, I believe, it was going to be for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But Harley-Davidson Motor Company went to uh, Ronald Reagan in just a few years. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that I'm wrong, but I'm going to say within four to five years, no more than five mm -hmm. years later, and said, okay, you can cut the tariffs off. Really? We have our feet underneath us and we can run. And now the brand Harley is so iconic with America. Yes. It's like McDonald's. It is. It is. It's the, um, it's, it's one of the top three uh, logos known in the entire world. Mm. It's really cool. How many women dealers are there in the United States of America? I don't know. You'd think I would know that answer, yeah. but I don't. We just want to, it's not, not very a handful. Yeah. Or there might Ten. be some who co-own them with a spouse, or but none. Right, right. There, there are dealers, the women that have, they do co-own with their spouse or, mm. or with their dad. I actually bought mine. I had to, I had to be the highest bidder. Right. <laughs> so how did that happen? Because your dad owned the one in Belton. Uh-huh. And then... What, you wanted to open your own store? How did that come about? Yeah, you know, I was a general manager for him for, oh gosh, for a while. From when I, w I was 30, when I became his general manager, and I was 35 when I went to him and said, I want to buy my dealership. And buy this dealership. Because I, all right, he wanted to retire. Mm -hmm. And so he had decided that he was going to put his dealerships up for sale, two of them. And he wanted to keep one just because it's really hard for dad to retire and stop doing right. anything, you know? So um, so I went to him and told him that I wanted to buy one. And at that time, he said, well, why don't you partner up with your brother and buy both of the Worth Harley-Davidson dealerships? And this was one in Belton and one in Blue Springs? No, one in Belton and one in Gladstone. Gladstone, okay. Yeah. And so um, we partnered up and bought the dealerships. Our partnership lasted a full 11 months. Ooh. And, <laughs> and what happened? This was Rick, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
we, you know. Um, <laughs> You're being diplomatic. Right? <laughs> yes. We don't want your lawsuits. Right, 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 right. We just didn't see eye to eye on life. You know, we just we just see things differently. Management style? Yes, our management mm -hmm. styles were completely different. And um, what we wanted to do, what our our dream of the future of our dealerships was completely different. And we couldn't have been more opposites. As partners, it wasn't it wasn't going to work, it was doomed to fail. Mm. And so we saw that very quickly and decided to split. Mm. So well, that's what happened. That's when that's when the dealership in Belton became Gale Charlie Davidson. And what was your vision? What did you see back then? That I mean, here you were selling motorcycles. You worked in all the different departments growing up, I'm sure. Right, absolutely. Uh, even turned wrenches, probably, didn't you? I didn't actually turn yeah. the wrenches, but I did serve as service manager for gotcha. a while. All yeah. right, so you knew all the different departments, which is integral to be yes. a manager. What What did you have in your mind? What was your vision for Gale Charlie Davidson? What did you want to see? I wanted a place where people walked in the door and said, wow, this is really cool. But more importantly, I wanted a dealership where people would walk back out the door and say, wow, now that was a great experience. Hmm. I want to tell my friends, I cannot wait to share this. And you know, that first wow is, Easy considering, you know, you can borrow enough money to make mm -hmm. that first wow happen. But the second wow is so hard because that's where it comes from your heart and soul of your team. Mm. Because that second wow comes from the experience that they had when they were in the dealership. And that's, I just dreamed that I would have a place that I would always get that second wow when people walked out the door. They, they would feel the power when they walked in. And then when they left, go, wow, that was cool. I hear that out there. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if they say wow, but it is right. a different experience when you come in this store than other Harley do dealerships. It is, isn't it? I know. And I mean, it's like, it's a dream come true. Literally a dream mm. come true. I just, I love it. I'm so, so fortunate. Very blessed. So what's really odd, and I don't know if this is any place else in America, that you are really in competition with your brother who owns Worth up by the airport. Yes. That's Rick. And then David, who bought your parents out and they from Blue Springs, right? And now this renamed Outlaw. 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 So you were in competition with your two brothers selling motorcycles. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> Okay, so now here's a here's a funny yeah. thing. David actually has gone on to sell real estate. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. He's out. He's decided he did not want to be, he was over retail, you know, gotcha, gotcha. and I don't blame him. They, I, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It can be hectic for the, the owners of the businesses. You, your brain is always there. It's always plugged in. So he was over it. He just wanted to yeah. go do something different. So he's gone on to um, sell real estate and he's doing really well with that. And uh, Rick now owns Outlaw also. So Rick owns two of them. Yes, exactly. And I will tell you, it mm -hmm. has been... It has been a real uphill climb to get my name out there. I, I think that I've, I've, I've done a pretty good job getting my name out right. there, but it's, it was really hard because of my last name. That's when you don't use your last name. Correct. It's like Cher. Exactly. It's Gail. Everyone knows Gail. Yeah, it's just Gail. <laughs> it's amazing how many people have no idea what my last name is, and I don't yeah. ever, ever care to use it. 
because they think that if it's Gail Worth, oh, well, she owns with his family all, all the these dealers. I can buy yeah. them a motorcycle anywhere. And anywhere. That's not the case. Right, exactly. But that is absolutely not the case. If you buy it anywhere besides Gail's, you yeah. do not buy it from us. Um, so, what's it like being in competition with your brother? Uh, you know what? It's not that bad. It really isn't. We get along just great. We really do. It's, um, I know that um, there are times where it's frustrating. Yeah. It, you know, it can't help but be frustrating. But competition's good, but though. That competition is really mm -hmm. good. And we get along great. I mean, we, we are together at all the holidays, birthdays, all this thing. And, yeah, it's fine. It really is. We try not to talk business when we're right. private time. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> talking politics. That's not a <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> not a good thing. Uh, but yeah, we, we everything's fine. It really is good. Um, a lot of people don't know that may not know that you're into horses too, and you have a horse that I used to own, Doc. Doc is amazing. Yeah. He's the most fabulous horse ever. He's a quarter horse, yeah. as you know, and he is looks and acts like a shrunk down warm blood and unless you're into horses you don't really know how spectacular that is but he's a um very energetic warm blood is he how jumped. he acts he but, does dressage and dr jumping right yes i do a venting which is a it's a three discipline sport mm -hmm. where it's cross-country jumping dressage which is like a, a team work of a dance between you and your horse and then I also do stadium jumping. So there's three three disciplines in a weekend where you compete your horse. What is it you like about riding horses, competing? Well, it's a little bit scary to do the stuff that I do. The cross-country jumping is like, I don't know to tell you. I have drag race motorcycles. How I fast have, have you been on a motorcycle? I don't know how fast I've been. The fastest I've been, 160. Okay, that's okay. pretty darn fast on a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Okay, so think about that. Yeah. I would gladly go 160 miles an hour in a quarter mile faster than I would like to get on a horse and run across a field, balls through the wall, and jump jumps. Really? Yeah, because it's scary. You don't and know if the horse I mean, is going to stall or There's two spook. brains when you're mm -hmm. on that horse. There's your brain and the horse's brain. If the horse wants to go right while you're thinking you're going left, then that's what he does. That's what happened to Christopher Reeve. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. You, know, there, you know, the horse can do what the horse wants to do, truly. I mean, you can't force a horse to do something. Mm -hmm. You have a teamwork, and you want the horse to do it, and you ask him to do it, and if he... If he listens and he's trained well, he'll do what you want him to do. But kind of like a husband, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so funny you say that because I compare Doc's personality and Gail Holzman's personality to each other all the really? time. Really? Yeah, because they're both as feisty as can be, and they have heart and gentle, so big. Mm -hmm. They're very gentle. They're so loving, but they will take on the world. Doc mm. will jump jumps that are higher than him. And, um, just like Gail. Just like Gail. Gail Holzman does the same thing. He's Your amazing. partner, you've yes. been together for 12 years now? Oh my gosh, no, 15. 15, Is that wow. amazing? We've been engaged for 13. Wow. Are <laughs> you ever funny? getting married? <laughs> we will one day. One day. Okay. Yeah, we just don't know when. Why? It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll come to the dealership one day and a surprise, I'm married. Yes, <laughs> So Gail Holzman owns American Sweeping here in town, a character uh, you guys... Uh, 
are a lot of fun to be around. What, what does she like about Gail? Oh my gosh. What is it about Gail that I like? It's everything. I just love him. Every single piece of him is insanely fabulous. He, um, he's a lot like me, only it would be me on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's like, he's a lot more yes. energy than I do. He's always in sixth gear. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> right. He's so successful. He Everything he touches turns to gold. And he's um, just, he's got a heart of gold. Mm. He treats me like a queen. And um, he's so thoughtful. He would give somebody the shirt off his back if they only asked for it. So. And where did y'all meet? He was a customer. I swore I would never date a customer. And what do you know? He's He came into my life and we dated. This is the funny thing. Okay, so here's the story. Okay, we are, you know how your friends, you're, you know, you have friends over here and friends over here and your friends have friends. Right. All right. So um, I had a friend, mutual, well, we, we had uh, several mutual friends that knew both of us, but we never were part of the same group. So, um, my friend, Rosie and Dawn, they were out watching Gail perform on stage because Gail is in a band mm -hmm. and they were watching him play his band and it was break time and Gail Holzman says to, um, Rosie and Dawn, Hey, I hear that, I hear that Gail is divorced. Do you think that if I bought every motorcycle on her showroom floor that she'd go out with me because she had nothing left to do? <laughs> and so, so Rosie and Don, they just start laughing. They said, "Oh my gosh, that's so funny." So the next day, Rosie, at that time, she was a salesperson with me. Yeah. So she told me the story, and I said, "I said, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I've seen him in here before, looking at this Buell, Buell over here, which is a motorcycle mm -hmm. we used to carry. If he bought that Buell, then I'd go out with him." And so I was just joking. And uh, she calls him up and says, hey, you know, he tells him the story I just told you. And 15 minutes later, because he, his office is right up the street, he's in my office with a paid bill of sale. He wrote a check for that motorcycle and said, you owe me a date. Wow. Yeah. Was it a good date? And oh, my God. So he, cut, he picked me up in a limo. He had flowers. And we went on a double date with Don and Rosie. And so it was me. Chaperones. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so funny because I called Rosie and I said, okay, listen, I'm not going by myself because I need an out if I don't like this guy. Right. Because I don't, I can't be rude to him and I, I've got a date, you know, for I don't even know how long. So um, you need to go with me. So Rosie went with me and it, me and Mr. Gale hit it off so well that it was like Rosie and Don were even there. They were like, hello, <laughs> you asked us to be here and you're not talking to us. <laughs> and that was 13, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, almost 15 years ago. Let me wow. think about this a minute. 14, I guess it was 14. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this year is 14 years. Huh, that's pretty yeah. amazing. And now you just bought another dealership, a metric uh, non-Harley dealership. Tell me about that. Yes. Shawnee Cycle Plaza here in Kansas City at Shawn in Shawnee, Kansas, actually. It we sell Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and a brand called CF Moto, which is a, a Chinese brand that sells the, the ATVs and dirt bikes. Why? Well, ATVs actually. Why would you buy a metric dealership? Well, 
because um not I, that they're that bad i'm just saying this is gail's harley davidson you know right exactly okay so the future of motorcycling is starts with the kids okay the kids in order to get the kids into motorcycling you have to start in the dirt hmm. you start dirt with, bikes yes exactly so um i wanted matt and i want to have control of this so we bought um a dirt bike or a matt is your minority business partner here at gales right? yes okay. yes yes is um so we bought shiny cycle plaza so that we can control it people from beginning to the end i shouldn't say control people. yeah but you get them bad. you get them started in the motorcycling world while they're young and they get that taste for it yes yes that's that's exactly right i should be your marketing as they we're gonna control their yes, minds exactly. <laughs> mind control yeah i know <laughs> We're not drinking, by the way. Yeah. Gail, Gail does not drink. Uh, so anyway, I'll take another beer, please. Yeah. Um, so you get them into the world of motorcycling when they get middle-aged and a little bit of a gut like I have. Then you put them on a Harley or even younger, in well, their 30s, right? Yes. Well, 20s, here's the 30s. thing. People, they, they will start moving over to the street bikes when they're um, in their late teens, 20s. There you go. All right. And um, they may stay with their Honda, Honda, Yamaha, mm -hmm. whatever brand, which is great. At that time, then it's still Gills that is part of this whole thing. It's, it's still our environment. I mean, it just, I, I don't want to think that, I, all right, so I don't want people to think that I want to take them off of a dirt bike and put right. them onto a Harley, okay? But what I want to do is, Think about this, 50%, a little more than 50, but let's just say 50, 50% 50 of all street bike owners buy Harley Davidson's, yeah. all right? So 50% of the people that buy a dirt bike when that are transitioning from the dirt bike to a street bike are either going to stay with their import, their favorite brand, of imports that they've raised, been raised with or buy a Harley Davidson. So I want that other 50% mm -hmm. and I want the first 50%. So this way I'm going to have a hundred percent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's what's, that's, that's what where happens. the control comes. That's in. where the control comes in. <laughs> We've got all of them that way. I like it. Isn't that cool? Now all you need is to buy hover round dealers. <laughs> you yeah. get them in the nursing home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's a great idea. There you go. See, you should do that next. Yeah. But you own another Harley dealer, Davidson dealership in St. Louis. Yes. Called Gateway. Tell me about Gateway that. Harley Davidson. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. It is in South County in St. Louis on mm -hmm. Lee May Ferry Road and Lindbergh Boulevard, and I have an amazing team over there, and it's just it's fabulous. It's, it's different though than Gales. I haven't been over there, but how do, yeah, how do you? I mean, Gales is so identifiable with Kansas City. Do you try to replicate the experience over there, or is it just another Harley De Davidson dealership? No, at all of our dealerships, we have taken uh, the management. It's it's we've taken people from Gales Harley Davidson and moved them in management to these other dealerships, so that we can continue the Gales Harley Davidson way. Gotcha. Everywhere. Because it's it's a fabulous thing. 
you know, it's like, I mean, uh, golly, it's hard to say, but it's, if you have the perfect cookie, why would you change it? Systems, approaches. Yeah, styles. all of our procedures, everything is, mm -hmm. is perfectly fabulous. So we just take them to Gateway and over to Shawnee Cycle Plaza. Now, I will tell you, both dealerships had and still have incredible staff already. I mean, their team is amazing. The Shawnee Cycle team is really spectacular. I mean, I am so, so lucky. Barry's in a, the guy that uh, we bought the dealership from. Mm -hmm. He did a really great job putting together a fantastic team, and they've all stuck around. We've got, we've lost like, I don't know, one or two people that have, you know, decided to move on because they worked there for so long. And when things changed into hands, they were like, okay, now it's finally time to retire. Mm -hmm. They've moved on, but golly, there's everyone else has stuck around. And at Gateway Harley Davidson, we've done a pretty good job of hanging on to every, you know, most of the team over there. You do some other things, though. I, I know you used to do some public speaking yes, and uh, motivational-type speaking. Do you still do that? Yes, I love it. Do I really do. I don't do it as much as I used yeah. to, only because I don't do... I play a lot more than I used yeah, to. Yeah, you do play a lot. <laughs> I do, I, I do. Coming in the dealership, where's Gail? Oh, she's out playing somewhere. Right? <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, but when you have good people in place, that allows you the freedom to do that. It's, right. yeah, it really does. You know, Matt's, Matt's given me the freedom to yeah. do that. He really has. So back to the speaking. What do you like about that? The public speaking and the motivational aspects. Um, you know, I like to make a difference in people's lives. The, my favorite thing is to hear people say, wow, that, that made a big difference. Thank you. Thank you. That's, it's so cool after I speak with, you know, this group of people that, Someone else will come up and say, man, thank you. I'm glad you put that into perspective. Mm. I've felt that way before. Because that's all I talk about. All I talk about is um, me. How I have felt the power of the power of God inside me or, you know, whatever whatever power it might be. Everyone has a different power, mm. but mine happens to be God. Well, how tell I, me about that. I feel like every morning... God says, go out there and make a difference. Make a positive difference in the world. And I think that's what I do when I'm speaking to a group of people. I want to make a positive difference in their lives. And, and, and I tell them about what I've done. You know, like when I, I've had a lot of, a lot of ups and downs in my life. It, everything isn't fabulous. People think that, wow, look at her. Of course she's happy. You know, she's got everything. But I've got everything because I'm happy. It doesn't, you know, it, it, that's the thing. You don't, you don't, um, you don't have everything and so that makes you happy. Right. Because you're happy, you get everything. Things, yes. You know, it's, it's... Success is attracted to you because of your inner joy. Exactly, yes. See, yeah. I should do your marketing. Yours. <laughs> no. I know, I know, I know, Mark. No, I, I know what you're <laughs> like, saying. You know, we've been friends yeah. for so long, yeah. you, and we've talked about this so much, yeah. but you understand exactly what I'm talking about. And and that's exactly what it is. It's, mm. you know, if, when you have a positive outlook and you can see the good things of the, you know, the stuff, that right. the minutia that you have to go through and the crap that gets piled on top of you, if you can see the positive around it, then you can't help but have a good day and 
make something great out of your life. Hmm. And so that's what's happened. And so that's what I share when I speak. Um, I think a lot of women who know you and maybe who don't know you personally but are, are familiar with your success really admire what you've done because there are not a lot of notable business women. I mean, there are business women here in our area, don't get me wrong, but none that are out there as much as you are. And you've really given them a lot of inspiration, I think. Don't you? Um, yeah, I do. I think, that, yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I don't think about it until one of them says something like right. that. You know, but, but I think so because I am a woman in a man's world mm -hmm. and, and I have had a very tough uphill battle to get to where I'm at. But it's not, you know, I, I don't think that I was ever treated different or poorly because I'm a woman. I was treated differently but I don't think that it was all because I'm a woman. I think it's because I have a very positive outlook and people treated me different and it was a positive thing. How did they treat you differently? You know, I think that um, people, it's hard to be, it's, it's really hard to be, um, let me think about how I want to put this because I don't want to put it wrong. Right. It's easier for me to ask for help and get it than I think it is a lot of people. Because you're a positive person? Yes. And so I, people are more willing to help you? Yes. Because I they see the that you're genuine. And yes. Assume every, the sale. I yes. assume the good sale. good sales technique. Yeah. And you make yourself vulnerable. Right. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not afraid of that at all. Hmm. Your and dad did not that. give you this dealership. You, were, you earned it. Yes. And your dad's an amazing person. I really... Oh, my gosh. Him. My dad has taught me so much. Yeah. Wow. My dad has taught me so much. He, What's the biggest he's thing he's taught you? He's an amazing man. He's... Um, separate business and personal. When, when it's about your business, it's about your business. Mm -hmm. And it's not personal. That's what they said in The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's not personal, Sonny. It's business. That's hilarious. <laughs> But your dad is nothing like Marlon. No, Bennett. no, no, no. But that is true. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what he taught me. Huh. And my mom has been my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. She's just, she's just great. My, you know what my dad did? My dad taught me how to jump through the highest hoops because he expected me to. I mean, he never, he never said, "I bet you can't jump this high." He just. Assumed I was going to. He assumed the sale with me. Yeah. He, I mean, if I wanted to succeed in this world, then I had to jump the hoop that he put up, no matter how high it was. And um, at the time when I was doing it, when he would, he and I were working together, I thought to myself, "Wow, Dad is so hard on me. Why on earth would he be this way? I'm his kid." But looking back on it, I cannot thank him enough. I am so grateful that he was that way because mm. if he had not been that way, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Because today, I, with all my heart and soul, think that I can accomplish anything I want. And it's because he set the bar so high. Wow. Yeah, it's really That's super cool. That's a good dad to have. Yeah, really amazing. Mm. And my mom is in the background going, you can do it, honey, you can do it! <laughs> 
I remember you, t I don't know if it was you or your dad told me there was, you had some problem when you were a kid and, and you went to him complaining and he told you, well, what are you going to do about it? Something like that. What are you going to do about it? Do you remember that story? Well, you know, um, that was probably a story my dad told you that he had said to me yes. because that is exactly something that he would have said yeah. to me, you know, because um, I, I don't remember that exact, in, for instance, mm -hmm. but he did say that to me a lot. If I would ever, ever, when I was a kid, say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've got to climb this mountain. Right. He would say, well, okay, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Why are you complaining about it? you got to get out there and start climbing. Yeah, not in a <laughs> non-caring way, but getting you to realize that you are the answer to the problem. Right, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. and you know what? There's never, ever, to, even to this day, and I feel it, him is... Um, uh, excuses. There are no excuses. If someone says, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry that this didn't happen because," it's like, "Well, I don't mm -hmm. care why it didn't happen. The fact is, it didn't happen, and that's ridiculous." Mm. You know, that's <laughs> great customer that's service. How though, he, you know? Yeah, well, that's true. Mm. That's true. Uh, one of the funnest times I've had with you guys is going to Sturgis. Yes, camping out every year, and uh, hopefully we're going this year. Um, how long have you gone to Sturgis? How many years? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Did you start going with the, as a kid? Yeah, I went for as a kid with my dad. Um, oh. Not as a little kid. I think the first time I went was I was in my late twenties, and yeah. dad. The first time I went to Sturgis was in my late twenties, and my dad and I flew up in his Bonanza. He was a pilot, mm -hmm. and he and I flew up there together. Wow! And you didn't do the crazy stuff there, did you? In Sturgis. Oh, you know what? I've never, I have never seen that bad side of Sturgis. Yeah, I haven't either. Never have. Well, maybe one night. But yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No pennies Wednesday in Hewlett or at. That's Think about the tough Hewlett. Yeah, yeah. We got to go do that this year. Should we? We absolutely have to do it. Okay. Oh my gosh! I got to yes. talk Leslie into that. She'll do it. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> That's a as you're driving out west, riding out west on your motorcycle, going to. Devil's Tower, there's a little town called Hewlett. I think it's in Wyoming, isn't it? Yeah, South Dakota it or Wyoming. Anyway, and they have a No Panties Wednesday or something. Yes. I don't know what it's about, <laughs> but we're going to find out. I, I kind of think I do, but it's going to be cool. we got to go. Uh, don't you love South Dakota, though? The mountains? Oh, absolutely beautiful. Black the Hills. first time I saw Mount Rushmore, mm. I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. It was just so spectacular. Just so spectacular to think that they built that, carved that back then without the use of lasers and mm. computers. They did that and it's so well done. And the vision that this one man had to make that happen. Yes. And to keep the project going. Oh, for all those years. That's incredible. Really, really amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's really spectacular. Uh, hearing some motorcycles uh, start up in the background, but maybe what Borglum, the sculptor, left behind is something similar to what you are leaving behind here. Not as permanent, but this culture, this product, this brand uh, that you're leaving an imprint here in Kansas City. Oh, thanks. Go you. <laughs> I love you, Mark. It's getting deep in here. No, I I love it. I love my, my head. Will... Yes. <laughs> but I think we all leave something behind, you know? Yeah, we do. And that is the whole point. 
that's the whole point because we want to look back one day and we don't want to say, man, I wish I would have, mm. because then it's too late. But we want to look back and say, yeah, you know, I did that. I did that. I made that happen. And I made a difference. That's the number one thing is to make a difference, a positive difference in people's lives mm. every single day. Well, Gail, I want to thank you for making a positive difference in my life. And uh, I love you as a friend. Thanks. And thanks for getting comfortable with Mark Alford. Thank you, Mark. Yo, I'm comfortable talking to Mark Alford. He don't make me feel like I gotta kneel at a dark altar. His colleagues are cool, things are jolly and smooth. Anything else, it'll be part stupid and part awkward. Do your homework before you talk to a vet. That way you won't get no static camera from tech. I'm on my own planet. I'm in my zone, damn it. I see you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.